So how do you attract new business so you constantly don't have to chase it? Hi, I'm Mike Cuevas, the Real Estate Marketing Dude, and this podcast is all about building a strong personal brand people have come to know, like, trust, and most importantly, refer. But remember, it is not their job to remember what you do for a living, it's your job to remind them. Let's get started. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the episode of Real Estate Marketing Dude Podcast. Folks, the market has changed. We're going to change with it. And what we're going to be talking about today is a way to do that. If you're still doing business the way you have 12 months ago, you're probably suffering. There's a reason why there's 60,000 real estate agents that they keep saying it's probably 40,000. It's going to be 150,000. It doesn't matter because when the market shifts, people don't know what to do. And most of you have never seen a shift in your life to the tune of like 80 plus percent of all real estate agents have never seen a shift. When the shift happens, it's the opportunity. This is when people make their money in real estate. And uh, what we're going to be talking about today is a creative way to go ahead and do that. Um, If you are a real estate agent or you're a lender and you're still doing things traditional, there's nothing that makes you different. The reason why some people make a lot of money in real estate is because they do things no one else knows how to do. And that's what we're going to chat about today. And the more problems you can solve, the more money you will make. And if you're doing what everything else does, like every other agent, there's a million of you guys, a million real estate agents. Great. I could go out and sell a house. Good fucking big deal. I have access to the MLS too. Anyone can sell a house. It's how you sell it that makes people hire you. It's the value you bring to the table, which is a skill set. Today, we're going to be talking about creative financing in real estate. So you can see how you do deals, how you can advise on deals and bring value to the table because the one who does is the one who's going to not only succeed in this market, but they're going to take market share. So without further ado, from smartrealestatecoach.com, we have Zachary Beach to come in and school us today. What's up, Zach? Mike, what's going on, my man? I couldn't agree with uh, with uh, I couldn't agree with you more with most of the things that you said there. Although I'm not a real estate agent, I work with many real estate agents and show them how to get on the investment side. Uh, but also, uh, my partner was a broker owner for 18 years, and my other partner uh, was a realtor for eight. So totally get that side of the business. Uh, but now is the opportunity, especially as less opportunities in the traditional side are rearing their heads. Now is the opportunity to get on the investment side, especially in an unstable market, which is exactly where creative financing fits in. Every real estate agent should be in investing. Like if you're investing, you should... I mean, if you're a real estate agent, you should be investing. Like, what the hell are you doing if you're not? That's the whole purpose because you'll burn out. I burnt out. 10 years in a real estate agent, if you're really doing deals, like if you're doing 30 plus deals a month, 40, 50, 60, you're burnt out after 10 years. It's a, it's a hard business. It, it burns you out. That's why I ended up in San Diego. Um, but let's get into this uh, thing um, on, on creative financing and whatnot. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what type of creating financing you're doing so I know the exact property types and all that. And then I got a whole bunch of other questions sure. for you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, me and my family have been buying specifically in creative financing for over 10 years now. Uh, We've been teaching people on how to actually execute our creative financing strategies uh, with our trademark three payday system for about 10 years now as well. You know, I've done hundreds of millions of dollars worth of deals uh, without using cash, without using credit, without going to banks. Uh, So the three strategies that we used after we kind of utilized those three things as a as our as our rules per se, um, our lease options, buying properties subject to the existing loan and seller finance. So a lease option, really all that is, is just the ability to control an asset without ownership with the intent to go ahead and sell it uh, on, a, on a 
lease option most likely. Uh, owner financing, it's just when you're you're speaking with sellers and you're solving a seller's problem and they want to be your bank. Uh, this goes great with a lot of people that have a lot of equity in their property or have no debt or have second homes or have inherited properties. Um, they see that asset or they see that property is now a liability, not an asset. And you can go ahead and step in and they can get some cash flow from it. Uh, there's also a lot of tax benefits associated with it. And then the last one would be buying a property subject to, subject to the existing loan, which really is the complete opposite of owner financing. It's where a property has little equity in the property um, and you go ahead and you close on this property subject to the existing loan, meaning the loan is going to remain attached to the seller's credit. It's not going to be paid off, but title will transfer to your business. Um, and that's that's how we control these assets, own these assets. And then our primary exit strategies are rent to own or owner financing as well. So we, we do creative on both sides. Okay. Um, I need to talk to you about something after this podcast uh, on that. All right. So let's start, let's dig deep and let's, let's uh, lease option. Does lease option give you equitable right or interest to go ahead and actually like do shit with the property so I could dumb that down for people? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that is basically what a lease option gives you the ability to then go market the property to an end buyer. Our end buyers tend to be people that need time in order to qualify for loans. These are the unbankable people and what they really need is time. So that's anybody that has a legitimate hiccup in their credit, somebody that is an entrepreneur and a, a self-employed business person because they need seasoning. Uh, it could just be anybody that right now that needs time because they could qualify for a loan at 3% and now they can't qualify for a loan at 7%. So these are legitimate buyers that just need time. Uh, so yes, the lease option agreement and we do it slightly different, which is which is really important. So if you actually, if you have people that have done creative financing deals, listen to this podcast. Here's a, a small tweak that you can make right now, or if you're brand new at real estate investing, you're going to be doing it right day one. And I think it's different than what everyone else is doing. And that is when we go ahead and lock down a property on a lease purchase agreement, we actually lock in the equity position of the seller. And all we're guaranteeing is paying off the loan in the future and giving the seller the equity that we locked in. See, the difference between us and someone else is most other people's lock in a purchase price, so they have zero protection for a down market, and they don't get the benefit in the principal pay down or the appreciation, as much of the appreciation on the property. So um, really cool tweak there for you as well. As soon as we're controlling that asset, now we're going to go ahead and sell the property on a lease option as well. It's also known as a sandwich lease option. So let's walk through a scenario of that, because here's where I think a lot of agents, if they're putting together these deals and whatnot, uh, and most of you guys are lenders or agents listening to this show, so I'll, I'll speak uh, um, through that. Give me a scenario where I'm coming across and where this might be, this might play. So yeah. like, uh, because folks, here's what the reality is. You're going to see a lot of distressed deals and people are going to be open to these types of conversations, mm -hmm. right? And you need to know how to take them down. Um, not only just for yourselves, but like you might have some other clients you're doing this on behalf. And, and ultimately you just need to know how all this stuff works um, because it just puts you in a different category. So give me a, uh, let's do like an example, like how this would play out. Yeah, absolutely. So if I'm, if I'm also listening or listening to this and I'm looking through this as a lender or a, or a realtor lens right now, uh, if I'm a realtor, I'm sitting there and I'm saying anything that doesn't fit inside my current box because I'm not, I'm not suggesting after you listen to this podcast that you completely throw out your normal business yeah. to keep that running, everything that fits inside your box and anything that does not fit inside your box. All right, well, now you have options 
Correct. To solve a seller's problem. Because that's all creative financing is. It's just we have different tools and most likely more tools to solve someone's problem because we don't fit inside a box. Um, and then if I'm a lender, if I'm a lender, I'm able to, and a realtor, but I'm looking at more probably the buyer side where um, buyers that cannot qualify for loans, and it's roughly 60 to 80% of the market right now can't walk into a bank and get a loan because they need time and they need more money down and need higher credit score. They need seasoning. If I'm a lender, I then look for somebody selling on lease options, help them work on their credit. And then now you're banking on that. You able to sell that loan in 24 months or 12 months or 36 months. So, um, so, you, so that's you from a lender perspective. You yeah. said something important is that here's where, because here's the, here's what happens is that a lot of the, um, real estate agent. And guys, this is another option you offer. This is another service you offer. This doesn't have to be the only service you offer. A vast majority of properties are still going to go listed and you're help people buy the same way you or sure. do. So don't overthink this. But he said something really important is that um, because here's here's where all agents come through. They're like, I have a fiduciary duty from the National Association of Realtors and I need to always act in the best interest of the seller. Folks, highest and best dollar is not always in the best interest of the seller. Get that shit out of your head. You have to realize that the only reason people like Zachary and the other millions and millions of real estate agents or investors in the world exist is because they're nothing more than just problem solvers for people that have house issues, period. That's all this is. So there is no taking advantage of people, okay? When you're just 100% transparent, tell them exactly what you're doing. But trust me, they will never sign off on it if it's not doing them a favor. Um, and if not, you're just not practicing ethically and you should get your ass kicked. But um, you know, you could be ethical and be a real estate investor. There's a million ways to do it. So, because I know what people are going to say, oh, lease option, that means you're going to, that's that's fraud. No, dude. Yeah. You need to understand how, how it works. And um, if the seller is not willing to play ball, well, then it's just not an option for them. But when they are in these situations, it is. So lease option would be somebody, uh, what's the seller scenario in there? Who's more than likely yeah. wanting to do a lease option? Yeah, um, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, so lease options, I mean, they don't, they're they're kind of, um, I'd say the best way, but it's the, the simplest way to start creative financing. So a lot of real estate investors start there uh, because they can solve a seller's problem and not uh, have title transfer. So these are the deals you hear. It's like no money down deals and creative financing. Yeah. Uh, because even if you bought property and you didn't have to pay a seller a down payment, you still have to pay for closing costs. Uh, so these are the no money down deals. So a you know a seller that is interested in getting top price um, is interested in not paying a realtor commission, right? Because they want to maximize their profits, but most importantly, is willing to wait for their equity because they would rather maximize their profit. So that that's an important distinction when it comes to creative financing. And that is in a, in a scenario where a seller has equity, their their pain threshold has to be greater that they want a higher price or more profit than they need their money now. Yeah. Uh, so that, that tends to happen. But also, I mean, it's about 80% of our deals that we've done over the past 10 years, just in creative financing are coming from expired listings because yeah, they've gone on the market. They've received feedback. They either agreed with it or not. And then it, their options are now, do I go list and take on that feedback? Like I got to paint the house or I got to lower my price or I got to do X, Y, and Z. Or they find somebody like us. So it's like, okay, I get it. The traditional market didn't provide you the solution you were hoping for. So now here's how we may be able to structure the deal. And then now they can go ahead and instead of going through another six month process, 
they can now go ahead and actually make a move and we can close on this relatively more quickly. So that's where a lot of the deals come from that are for sale by owners, because there's people out there that will not, no matter what, even if you're the best agent in the world, hire a real estate agent. Yeah. Um, so now we can go direct to them and now we can structure uh, something that, that solves the problem. So again, if I'm an agent, I'm listening, I'm assuming a lot of agents you've been directing, I'm listening to this podcast. And that is, it's, you can make multiple options for somebody where you can say, here's what this looks like if I list your house and here's all, all the benefits you're going to get. Here's the profits. Uh, but also here, I just want to let you know, I buy real estate here. I can provide some solutions for you. Here's what this may look like. Because you mentioned a point earlier, which is not all highest and best is always the best option for people. Sometimes people come to us because they want time and flexibility. Like yeah. they don't want to sell and immediately have to leave their house or somebody's behind on payments and they need that thing to be caught up immediately and they can't wait 90 days to close or 60 days to close. Yeah. Um, or somebody is has no equity in their house and they actually have to pay you out of pocket in order to close on this deal. Uh, so there's just so many different scenarios like that. Makes sense. So somebody that the least option though would be someone who has What's their equity situation usually like? Or is it just more of like, like, let's just paint the picture for the market right now. People with seven, at least in my market, in, in like California, 7% interest rate on like a $1.5 million house is a big difference than a 4% on a $1.5 million house. So sure. what, but a lot of the people out here have a lot of equity over the last few years. The reality is it oh. looks like things aren't selling the way they were because of the, the interest rate hike, you know, it started biting people in the ass. So the problem that people are having though is they can't sell that house that they live in now if it's primary owner um, yeah, and then replace the same type of lifestyle with a comparable property. So that's issue number sure. one because it's a lot smaller house that they would get at today's rate. The second half of that is that a lot of these people aren't able to sell what they think it's worth and people are starting to come to the reality of like, oh mm -hmm. shit, the market isn't quite what it is, but they might be willing to wait for it to come back. Yeah. Is that an ideal scenario here someone who can't sell right now but they're willing to wait and then they have a tenant with a option there and then yeah here's here's three these are three general i'm gonna use three generalized um say motivations or problems we solve for sellers whether it's lease options subject to or owner financing perfect one is they want to maximize their profits two is they need debt relief or three is they're selling for they want it for estate or tax planning purposes those are the three reasons why people would go a creative financing route. Um, because, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of transition right now in the market. There's a lot of things that are happening where sellers are unable to sell their property for what they owe. Um, and now exactly what you're saying, which is they have this idea of what the price uh, the price was six to 12 months ago. Uh, and now they have unrealistic expectations of their house. Uh, so if I'm a creative financing real estate investor, although I'm not suggesting you always buy market or above market, but what I am suggesting is price is just one of the terms that we care about. If I buy your house right now at market value, and even though it's slightly inflated, and I have 10 years to pay you off, uh, and I have the benefit of principal pay down, I'm, I'm going to cash flow that thing, and I'm going to sell it at a higher price to a tenant buyer, I don't... That price is, is, is only a small factor in my decision-making process, where the traditional market is like the number one factor in their decision-making process. Uh, it's actually more of a factor, I would say, than even the interest rate uh, on the property, um, because most people buy for the price 
or you know what they did during COVID was they bought for the interest rate and not the price. And now we're seeing what, what's happening with that, which means people mm -hmm. underwater. Yeah. Um, so just those three factors tend to be, um, and I know they may be generalized, but it's all about solving someone's problem because I could buy a property on a lease option that has no debt. And just the seller does not want to give up title for tax planning purposes or uh, the benefit of ownership. Uh, they also might not want to transfer title because they don't trust me yet, which yeah. is understandable for some. Uh, um, and then I can also buy a property on the complete opposite side where uh, on a lease purchase, which has zero uh, equity in the property. And if that's the case, it's just the term length is going to be more important to me. Because anytime I'm buying a property with no equity, I need two things to happen. I need the price to appreciate over time, which you and I both know, especially if we go through cycles, over time, it's going to always increase. And I need the principal pay down to go to pay down the interest and the mortgage balance on that property over time, because then that creates equity. So yep. as we bought a, we give an example, we bought a lease option from a seller for 10 years, 10 year lease option. She just wouldn't give title for whatever reason up in Northern Massachusetts. She relocated to DC, got another property, got a new mortgage. Um, and she had a vacant house because it expired off the market for about six months, was paying $2,300, basically just keep it up. Never was there. Uh, we were able to solve that problem because we stepped in and started making those mortgage payments, filled the property with a, uh, a tenant buyer. Uh, that lease option lasted up to eight years on that house. She had no equity at the time. That property ended up netting about $178,000 over the course of the time frame. For her? Uh, so for me. For, yeah, for yeah, us. Uh, for us. And she was able to walk away and not actually have any problems, which, you know, that solved her problem as well. So uh, you just, you you name different scenarios and different, um, and all different facets of life and all the people's different challenges. And it's just, the decision-making for them is, do they want the, to wait for it? Well, the seller of that, she got the price she wanted to back then. She's locked in for eight years, but she also gets has eight years of write-offs and all that, right? Yeah, plus if she sold with the realtor at the time, she would have paid you know, $15,000, $20,000 out of pocket between realtor and closing costs. And she was paying, and she lost about $12,000 by making month, even though it was going towards, you know, uh, it was $2,300 amortized, right? But she's still paying that out of pocket. That's $12,000, six months worth of vacancy. Uh, we're able to solve that, step in and solve her problem really quickly. Um, and I'll, she saved money and then we had an asset that we can now go and sell. Makes sense to me. Um, I think the seller finance has a lot of opportunity coming up with a lot of these people that can't sell their properties, but have equity and are willing to carry paper. Uh, can you talk a little bit on that? Do you see an opportunity with seller finance more so now that the rates have gone up and the market shifted than prior? Oh, it, it's, it's always been one of our favorite strategies. Um, we primarily were targeting and it's still due to this day. When I say targeting, meaning like we're, if we're going to do direct mail pieces or looking for a specific property type, um, it's, we're looking at debt-free houses, huge benefits for you as a real estate investor uh, and a lot of tax benefits for the seller. Um, if you can, if you can strike a deal with them and, and solve a problem where now you and the seller get to determine the terms of the mortgage, how powerful is that? Yeah. Um, because if you go ahead and buy a property traditionally, who controls the terms of the mortgage? It's the bank. They tell you how much money you need down, what your credit score needs to be, what the amortization schedule is going to be. Uh, if there's, you know, if there's any other collateral, it's just, it's insane. So when we go buy a property, now it's, 
if I can solve the seller's problem, now me and the seller get to decide what the interest rate is, if any. There's plenty of deals that we do where it's 0% interest. And you must be wondering why people would do that. Um, lots of sellers, um, because they're getting just principal month over month, don't have to go ahead and report uh, for interest as income. So we have different mm. strategies where I can actually pay a premium on the house, but pay in, uh, principal only. And now the seller's actually getting their full amount. Wow, um, that's and, smart. But and that, as far as capital gains go, they get to stretch it out, right? Over however yeah, that's long really, the time frame we're doing. So did you so guys hear a that? Lot of like, cool opportunities. But this is the skill set I, I opened up with you guys is you have to like know this shit. Like you have to know what um, tax advantages are for sellers so that you can present that. Because if you look at the numbers, it looks like a bad deal. But when you actually do the math, you're like, this is actually a good deal. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. If you don't know how to explain that to a, to a seller, um, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Um, this is where you need to sharpen. This is what people look for in these markets. But look what he's saying, you guys. At every every other sense, he's saying problem solved, problem solved, problem solved. And that's the key here is that you're in business to be a house problem solver. Um, you don't have to overthink any of this stuff, in my opinion. Let's get into the marketing of this because I know people are going to want to ask about that. Um, how are we finding these types of sellers? Um, you mentioned one, he's going after debt-free houses. Um, but how else are you um, locating yeah. uh, sellers? Yeah, how I do see we find these people? Because um, agents are going to be like, oh, it sounds easy, but it's not. Well, if I'm an agent, I already, I'm already in front of how many people per month yeah. um, where I can make additional offers. Offer. So if you're already involved in real estate investing, whether you're an agent, you're a lender, you're a wholesaler, you're a fix and flipper, you're buying a part, like you're already in front of people. It's now, in, if you can just pick up one extra deal per month or every other month, it makes a dramatic difference. Um, when we look at our deals, they're ranging from say $40,000 on the low end. That means over the course of about 24, 36 months on average, up to $250,000. Um, there's there's deals in which are just 60 months and there's multiple six figures just because of how they're structured. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm saying that because you don't have to do as many deals. It's not like this. This doesn't have to be a high volume business if you get the right deals. We yep. have a we have an investor up in New Hampshire. He's done five deals. They all averaged over $100,000 over the course of 48 months. And it's just because a, he was he have a full time job, too. Or yeah, he was a he's a government contractor and he's yeah. just doing this on the side for his retirement. Yeah. Um, but but getting back to your point, as far well, as marketing goes, it's it's really simple on our end. Um we we pull expired listings, cancel withdrawns, for sale by owners. We make direct contact with them. We we reach out to them via phone, and I was literally doing it maybe three hours ago. Uh making a handful of dials and reached out to a couple of people. I I set up an appointment with a the seller. That has uh, he's got a lot of equity in his property, but he has tenants he doesn't like, and and that's why he's selling. So really could solve his problem rather easily, as he could still cash flow this property, um, and I could cash flow too. And he's dealing with a professional company instead of a tenant. So tired landlords. Um, yep. Then and then so we have that, and then you have direct mail pieces that of course lead to you know a, a virtual assistant pulling together the information, and then you're following up. It, it's really, we try to keep this to be as uncomplicated as possible. And sure, if you're, as you grow and scale, you can do Facebook ads and Google ads, and you can, you can spend a lot of money on, on marketing, or you could be, or you could spend very little in this business too, and still generate the deals you need.
Yeah, it goes back to the, if you have a budget, then you can leverage your time with it, right? But if you don't, then um, you need your time to do the work. So, but I want, he said something else, a couple, you guys, this isn't like a, every agent, like if you're full-time or what, if you're in real estate full-time, regardless of what you're in, you could be title rep listening to this, doesn't matter. Um, this is like something most people I see get in the real estate investing started on the side, literally. They're like, oh, I'm just going to do a deal or two and see how it goes. Like, oh, fuck, I made a lot of money. I'm going to go out and do this deal. I'm going to do two a year and three a year. It's something you could grow passively, but um, it is something I would put on your radar this year, um, you guys, because, uh, I mean, we're targeting distressed hard. Um, I'm switching my entire model. I'm going right after the distressed markets because I know what's coming. And I'm well ahead of all of you guys. I'm like three years ahead of you guys. Um, it doesn't, you don't have to be. And I'm not saying that in a bragging type of way. I'm just saying I know what's coming. And you know, in the last 12 months, I've been sort of formulating our idea. We're doing a lot of sale leasebacks, for example. Um, there's different creative options that we're putting in there because people are going to look for creativity because the traditional listing isn't as easy to get rid of the property. So you're going to see a lot of these opportunities open up. Uh, mark my words, I guarantee you it's going to happen. Uh, would you agree with that? I think in every market too, I don't care where you're at in the country. I'm, I'm positive this is going to happen, guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm not as, uh, I would say, I'm not as decisive as you on that as far as how how drastic the market's going to shift. I think we're all due for a market shift no matter what, um, especially with the unprecedented times and COVID and what happened afterwards. Mm -hmm. I think there's a reason why uh, creative financing is like the number one talked about and searched on subject right now. Um, talk about being ahead of our time. We've been doing this now for you know over 10 years just in this market, uh, just in Creative financing, I haven't done anything else in real estate investing um, since uh, the 2008 crash. Um, and we've noticed, as always, when there's turmoil in the market, now creative financing options become a, a more uh, normalized, traditional way of buying and selling real estate. Because when there's turmoil, that means that the market needs more help, needs more solutions. Yes. Um, and that's exactly what we're seeing right now. We're seeing more deals and better deals because we're able to uh, really solve people's problems. And as you're saying, what's interesting is even if people aren't distressed, because they hear so much noise, they actually feel distressed, which means that they actually, there's a lot of sellers that will sell properties either below market or more creatively just because they hear everything that's going on. Um, and although they're in a really good position, they don't feel like they are. And now we can go ahead and step in and solve that problem as well. You feel like the temperatures changed with sellers, and you guys are doing a nationwide. Right. Like you have students all over, but yeah. and because before it was like sellers are sort of dicks. They're like, "Fuck you! I'm not going to sell my house. Yeah. This, this thing is worth. This is the Taj Mahal. Like no one's touching yeah. this thing for less than ten million dollars." But now they're starting to open up a little bit, right? And it takes six to eight months for that to happen, which is I think we're there now, because um, it's hard. The market is always lagging behind. Even like I remember back in in 2009 or 2009-10. When the market was depreciating so fast, the comps on paper were showing higher than what the true values of people are willing to pay. Oh, yeah. It was a bigger, major issue in the BPOs and the appraisals at that time because the market was depreciating faster than it was going up. So in the last six months of comps, if you're dealing with a $200,000 sales price, but that's not 175, well, you're at a, there's, it's hard to get the bank to accept that, but it came up, it caught up. So you're going to see that in this market as well. And I think there's going to be more, more. And I'm not saying it's going to get fucking like, crazily yeah. uh, distressed. I just think that there's going to be people, uh, well, I know there's people with higher credit card debt right now. I know that the people who bought in the last 12 months are all underwater that got FHA or VA financing. 
Um, mm-hmm. So there, there's, there's situations that, um, and now on the flip side of that, their payments are very affordable, right? So yeah. you don't know what they're going to do with it. Um, mm-hmm. And we don't know if people are going to do that. But what I know is that there's people that are looking at their houses and what they do with them in way more creative ways um, than they were just, hey, let's go list it on Zillow or for sale by owner, put on the MLS, and let's go make a whole load of money. Um, yeah, uh, Mike, I, I think it's important that you hit on exactly what you just said, which was one of our strategies, buying properties subject to, I mean, what we're, what we're doing right now is we're buying properties with 3% interest rates, 2.5% interest rates where nobody else can get access to 7%. So as yeah. long as you can solve that seller's problem, because if I'm a seller and I'm underwater, I don't know really what to do. Idea. I'm not a real estate investor. You know, we know sit tight, wait, uh, or move out and turn into an asset. And cause you got, cause you got cash flow on it. Uh, but most people don't think that way. And now all of a sudden, if, if something let's, dramatic happens, they, let's walk through they this. exit. I like yeah. this scenario. Let's walk through this so you get an idea. So let's just say, yeah. and we actually have one here in San Diego. Um, and most of these loans you can assume, they're only FHA or VA, is that accurate? Can you assume a conventional? Well, I'm not assuming anything. Just I mean, uh, the, the, the um, because there's different, I'm thinking of subject to mortgage, but you could actually assign mortgages to, and there's a lot of real estate agents sure. that are doing I some think, of this uh, VAs, VA loans, you can assume if you choose to. Um, but remember my rules or our rules. And that is we don't sign personally on debt. So mm. what we're doing, and I know with a subject to deal, the number one worry is about the due on sales clause and everybody freaks out about it. But the truth is like due on sales clause, and I don't have a, a specific measurement, but I have heard of very few uh, due on sales clause happening. Uh, yeah, but know that there are listen. techniques that our attorneys have suggested how we acquire the properties, primarily, primarily through family trusts. Because the Garden St. Germain Act, I think it's 1982 or 84, states that a due on sales clause cannot be called uh, if it's uh, for state or tax billing purposes for a transfer of title. Uh, so then we just buy it in a trust that is like 123 Jump Street, Smith Family Trust, and we're the beneficiary uh, yeah, of man. that property. I like it. It's um, smart. Very smart. So, so and... And at the end of the day, a lot of these deals in which we're doing, is it worth the risk of the of a due on sales clause being called because there's other ways to pivot too? Because basically the bank's saying that they're going to foreclose on a due on sales. And how long does that take? In many, time, many cases, it takes a long time. Uh, you can exchange the beneficiary back to the seller in order to protect the seller. You could sell the property before it's fully been uh, completed. There's just so many different ways in order to structure these. And in most cases, because I, I can already hear people saying, in most cases, when we buy properties like this, we're actually improving the seller's credit um, because most of these most of these uh, circumstances, they may be behind on payments uh, or they don't have any equity in their home. So we're actually improving the lives of the sellers by doing this uh, because it's still attached to their credit and they're getting, they're benefiting from that because we're always making our payments on time because at the end of the day, it's our asset and we're trying to get this thing to the finish line. Makes sense. Um, I like it, dude. Um, any other things, thoughts, final things you want to see or mention to anybody? No, I just would say this, and that is uh, creative finances are a lot of fun uh, because every deal is different. Uh, at the end of the day, there's still deals that are happening now. We've done hundreds and hundreds of these creative finance deals. There's still deals that we approach now that have nuances that we have never seen before and that we get to work through and and uh, structure out, which is a heck of a lot of fun. 
Um, but know this too, if this is the first time you've heard of creative financing from a guy from Massachusetts that talks super fast, then they just know like this was a, my intent for today was a, a perspective change to say, there are other options out there that you may not be familiar with that can help solve people's problems and also make it very profitable for you as the real estate investor. Um, so I encourage you, and I know we want to give a giveaway today, which is I encourage you to go read our first Amazon bestselling book, Real Estate on Your Terms. You get it absolutely free. So you don't got to go buy it on Amazon. I'll give it to you right now for free. We'll actually ship it to you at no cost. Uh, and you just have to go to wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash marketing guy. Wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash marketing guy. And in that book, you're going to hear not only our stories, but you're also going to see how each one of these transactions comes to play. Uh, and the, and uh, in those case studies, why the seller did it, why the buyers did it, uh, and then how the cash flow is there. So a lot of good, uh, a lot of good material for you to dive through. And then uh, at that stage, you'll now be able to start. My 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 guess is you'll start recognizing more opportunities than you maybe passed up on. Love it. And why don't you tell everybody where they can find you online um, as well, and make sure you guys go ahead and get that um, download. I'm going to get it as well. Um, and uh, check it out. But why don't you tell them what your website is? Um, yep. You guys have a, these guys coach, they train. If you guys wanted to learn this um, stuff, like go on their site, buy some of their info or their products, and then you guys can learn more about it. But um, my point today is getting yourself out of your traditional mindset and realizing the opportunities are going to be all around you. Uh, they always have been, but I just think there's a big opportunity coming up in the next few years. Um, that no one's concentrating on because everyone's scared and they're all hiding in the closet because they're being a bunch of pussies and they're scared and they don't know what the hell is going to happen to them. And they're worried about this and they're worried about that. And at the end of the day, you guys, you got to just man up, hmm. woman up. Um, you got to make the change. Nobody's going to, no one's going to do it for you. You got to do it. You just have to learn it. And what you know in your head and the skills you have is what makes the difference between um, what happens during this time. So hmm. Yeah, um, you can find uh, you can find us at smartrealestatecoach.com. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook at Smart Real Estate Coach. Also on YouTube at Smart Real Estate Coach. We have over, I think it's over three hundred deal structure Sundays now. We call them where it's either our deals or the deals that we helped our students do, and we literally whiteboard it out uh, where we found the seller, what the deal looks like, why the buyer needed us, what the payments were, the paydays on it. Uh, they'll um, they'll continue to help uh, share with you exactly how this may work in your current business model right now. Sweet, man. Well, appreciate you uh, sharing your insight today. And we appreciate all you guys listening to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. Folks, if you have any additional questions, why don't you check out our new software we just launched, referralsuite.com. This is part of Suite Assist. And if you're looking for a referral marketing system that farms your database, makes them not forget who the hell you are, or what you do, this is all you need. Um, learn about it, research it. And then I'll follow you around the internet until you freaking buy it. Um, and uh, we'll meet in the middle somewhere. Uh, referralsuite.com, referralsuite.com. Appreciate it, dude. Uh, you guys have a great week and we'll see you guys uh, next Saturday. Bye-bye.
Thank you for watching another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude Podcast. If you need help with video or finding out what your brand is, visit our website at www.realestatemarketingdude.com. We make branding and video content creation simple and do everything for you. So if you have any additional questions, visit the site, download the training, and then schedule time to speak with a dude and get you rolling in your local marketplace. Thanks for watching another episode of the podcast. We'll see you next time.